0: Welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose, a podcast that offers a different perspective on what a job can be. For everyone out there that's heard that voice in the back of their head asking for something more, it's time to listen to it. I'm your host, Gino, and join me as I interview people who have decided to work in their own purpose. Together, we will learn, become inspired, and hopefully find our own path towards working in our purpose. Joining me today on the podcast is Erica Cooney. Erica is a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as a certified integrative mental health professional. She's also a speaker, teacher, podcaster, Reiki master, and meditation facilitator, just to list some of the things that she does. She was also involved in a pretty serious accident with a Mack truck that set her on her path to purpose. Erica, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Excited that you're here. So yeah, let's uh let's just jump right into it. And can you tell us a little bit about your story and um, you know, what's led you on your path?
1: Yeah, um, I think you hit the main point right off the bat in my intro there. And a Mac dump truck is the reason why I'm here. So I'm gonna just start there and then through our conversation, I'm sure other stuff will come up too, you know, because everyone's path is not like black and white, right? There's so many moving pieces and parts. And so in 2014, when I was driving to work, I was hit by a Mac dump truck It never saw me and I had nowhere to go. And I'm blessed to be here. I am blessed to be alive. I had emergency surgery that day. I was in the hospital for a week, three-month recovery, learning how to walk again because I almost lost my foot. And then over the next... 14, 18 months, my life completely fell apart as I knew it, whether it was being fired from my job and I was never somebody to be fired. I was always promoted or a trainer or a manager or some sort of leadership position. Then a long-term relationship ended and that was all about toxicity and understanding You know what kind of relationships are really what I want and what kind of partner do I want to be. And then because I was not functioning the way that I was functioning before the MACDum truck, not to mention I was a therapist and us therapists, we don't make a lot of money. I don't know if you guys know that we barely make like $50,000 and I had a lot of school loans and a lot of debt. And so when that long-term relationship ended, I really didn't have anywhere to go. So I went back home and here I am in my mid thirties. I'm sitting in my bedroom in my parents' house. I got a bottle of wine and I'm crying. I'm like doing that ugly cry, like what the heck am I missing here? How did I get here? How did I miss the signs, right? And so my dog and I, we've been on this journey together, learning how to evolve, heal to where I am eight years out now, seven years out. And it's been the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Do I ever want to go through that again? No, thank you. I've had my fill of that, but I also am very grateful for the experience and everything that I've learned along this journey. So, and here I am.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a very you know, traumatic story even, but it seems like it, it was the thing that kind of pushed you to, to become the person that you are today. And I think so often that's kind of the case is there's some sort of like event similar with me. There was a, a an event that kind of woke me up to being, you know, to look at your current life and then, and try to make some changes to, uh, to make it better. So I've heard you talk a lot about burnout and overwhelm in the past and how it can lead you to making decisions based out of fear. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how calming your mind is an important step when somebody is making a decision.
1: Well, we have to understand, you know, if we go to the neuroscience part of the brain and when we're stressed out, the rational thinking that we have just goes right out the window. That part of our brain literally goes offline and we're not able to access it. And when your nervous system is stressed out, you can call it fight, flight, or freeze, right? It's there's so many different ways people describe it. And I'm just going to say your nervous system is activated. You're going to do things out of protection, rather than connection, right? Our brain is no longer looking for ways to connect. Our brain is no longer in the aerial view of 50,000 feet above looking at everything. It is a very narrow view and it's right in front of you. And how do you protect yourself right then and there? And if you stay in that state over prolonged periods of time, that becomes the chronic stress, right? And then with the chronic stress turns into the burnout and then your nervous system is beyond fried and you become into this mode of... Instead of looking for everything from protection and you're in fight, flight, or freeze, then you go into this possum mode, right? And you just have nothing left to give. And so if you are able to regulate your nervous system and regulate typically means with your body, and it's usually the last thing is your mind that comes online. So if you're physically active, if you're finding movement in your day, that is the best way for you to get your mind right it's as cliche as it sounds exercise movement yoga walking like move your body dance it out sessions like just get it out and that way your brain can calm down and there's other things that go into this because you know i am and you list a lot of titles of what i do at the <laughs> beginning of this right and the easiest way to sum it up is i'm an integrative mental health therapist and what that means is You can call it holistic. You can call it integrative. I look at everything, mind, body, spirit. So you also have to take into consideration your gut. What are you doing for food? How are you eating? How are you nourishing your body? Because a lot of our processed foods today cause our brain to get on fire and that also causes our rational thinking to go offline. So if you were like me, I went for cheese fries and red wine. That was my go-to, mac and cheese. That's what I was eating all the time. I'm Italian, so there was a lot of pasta in my life and not a lot of veggies. I mean, I ate veggies, but not a lot to where I am today. And so understanding your gut, and understanding the food you're implementing or eating, incorporating into your body is also a major, 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 major. I can't stress that enough. Let me say major one more time, <laughs> major component also to whether or not you're going to be able to think clearly when you're working and deciding what to do. So you're not operating out of fear.
0: Mm. So to follow that up after your accident, is this something that kind of you were forced to look at as far as the mind, body, spirit, sort of holistic health aspect. Cause I'm thinking of it from like a perspective of somebody who, you know, like myself was in a corporate nine to five and kind of felt stuck and overwhelmed and lost. And the first step, it sounds like you're saying is you get these things right. So then you can think more clearly and become able to make the decisions that, you know, benefit you.
1: Right. in a roundabout way, that is what I did because there was no roadmap that I had when I was going through this. I did a lot of, <laughs> I fell flat on my face quite often to be mm-hmm. quite honest. And, you know, and that's what I do now. Now I provide the roadmap for others. So you don't have to go through all the struggles that I particularly had to go through because I didn't have the information, right? Everything I I do today is because I learned the hard way. And, you know, maybe that's because I am Italian. I got a hard head, you know, and it takes me a little while to learn things, but other times it could just be, I just didn't have the information. Right. And so the best thing that I can say is, you know, for my journey, how it happened was I was still working in an agency. I was working 80 hours a week because I also had a private practice. Right. And so I was going full steam ahead after that accident, after I got fired and I got, promoted to a director position, right? I like even bigger. So I didn't learn anything about sitting still for three months. I was like, no, I'm still going to go out there and go get it because I have to hustle and grind. Right. And when I started to breathe, I took simple breathing. Like I wasn't doing breath work. I wasn't doing meditation. I would just literally take five minutes out of my day and just breathe normally and notice where my breath fell. And that is what started to have me realize my body. And I started to realize, oh, things have to change. Didn't happen overnight. And so through all of that, I went back to traditional talk therapy. Didn't work. Really didn't work for me, you know, where you just sit and you talk about your stressors all the time. And so I dove into the woo-woo side of wellness. And that's when I started to learn about meditation. I learned about gut health and I learned about community. And I learned about not making everything so pathological the way that we do in our mental health field as it is today.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. That's, you know, definitely lots of, lots of lessons learned, it seems. <laughs> so yeah, you did, you did mention the word hustle. I want to touch on that a little bit. I know um, it's kind of a buzzword these days and some people look at it as like a positive thing and some people look at it as a negative thing. Uh, do you think the word hustle is a good thing or a bad thing?
1: So I think it depends on what you mean by the word hustle. If you mean hustle and ignore everything else, that's bad. But if you mean hard work, you get up and you show up every single day and you keep putting effort in and you keep going for it. That if you're saying that's hustle, then no, I don't think that's bad. My idea of hustle before was I ignored everything. I ignored me. I ignored what I needed. I ignored my sleep. I ignored my like what I was eating and I ignored exercise. I ignored everything except the heart, like what I thought hard work was. Right. And productivity really is everything, the routines, the rituals, the um, exercises that we do that allow us to do the doing sustainably, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, I still hustle every day. It just looks different. And does that mean I am constantly working on my computer 24-7 the way I would have been like five years ago? I mean, eight years ago, really? No, I'm not doing it that way. I'm making sure I have my morning routine, my evening routine so that when I am, I have that block where I have to work hard. I'm going. Balls to the wall. I am going and I am there. I am full steam ahead and catch up. Let's go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I could definitely resonate with that. E- even, I think it's been almost a year and a half since I left my corporate job, just the the trying to get out of the rituals, like you said, of feeling like you have to do something. I, I still struggle with, with that for sure. Um, what, what are some things that somebody can do to like overcome those like ingrained ways of thinking or being...
1: Hmm, That's a really good question. I think it's trial and error. I don't think there is a cookie cutter way because every person's different. And, you know, reasons why you think you have to do something stem from something inside of you, right? Was that the way you were raised, right? What is your self-talk? Like, what's that little voice you hear inside your head? And FYI, that little voice you hear inside your head, that negative Nelly is not your voice. It's somebody that was pretty influential in your growing up years talking. And it just sounds like you now. It's not really you. So if you can, remember, if you do the exercising, you eat healthy, you calm that brain down, you start to hear your voice. Because when you hear that negative Nelly voice or the one that's like, you're not doing enough, you're not good enough, that's really your stress response. That's not who you are at your core. So full circle, get back to learning how to regulate your nervous system and you'll be able to start to hear your own voice and you'll hear your cheerleader. You'll hear... Yeah, you got this. We can do this, or I really think I can do this.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's great advice. Um, so switching gears a little bit, you know, you you are a, an entrepreneur. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Yeah. Heck yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great. Um, so so what do you define as success for yourself? Because I know, like, you know, speaking of like other people's voices and other people's definitions of success, it can mean many different things. But like, how do you define success for yourself?
1: Success to me now means that I feel fulfilled and I feel like I'm making a difference in this world and I'm not just doing what I think I need to be doing. I don't need to have the money. I don't need to have the fame. Success is impact. When somebody says, what you said all those years ago is still with me today. I mean, I succeeded. If I planted a seed, I succeeded. It's very Mm -hmm. minute for me, but it's not minute because it means a lot to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's, that's wonderful. So would you have uh, any advice for somebody who's trying to pursue a passion or you know, leave a job that they no longer care about? What, what's something that you would tell them?
1: This is usually where people are like, you should get a side hustle, start small, <laughs> and then work your way out. Mm. I don't think that, you know, I didn't do it that way. I mm. was somebody who, I'm a firm believer. If you don't feel aligned, why are you staying to suffer? Mm. Why? And I hear all the time before people come at me, I hear it quite often because I have responsibilities. I have children to take care of. I have this to take care of, right? And I had I need health insurance. Well, the other piece to all of this is I needed health insurance because I have a lung disease, right? I have a rare genetic lung disease that's not curable. And... You know, I've already had lung surgery when I was 17 to have part of my lung removed. And I get it. I understand medical trauma. I understand feeling like you need things. But what I can tell you is this. If you stay, when you feel that you have to stay, you make yourself small or you make yourself miserable and then you don't feel happy. And then when you do go where you feel aligned and you feel empowered, you feel inspired, you take off like you wouldn't believe And then you realize you don't need things the way that you thought you needed things before. Full disclosure, I went out without health insurance for three years. My doctors, when I tell them that now, they like flip out. Like, how did you, like, why would you do that? You know, like, I didn't even tell my family. Like, nobody knew. I kept it on the down low because I was like, I'm not letting anybody get in my way of doing what I want to do. Hmm. So when you feel aligned when you have a regulated nervous system, when you're taking care of you, you will be amazed at what you are capable of doing and things that you never thought were possible become completely possible. Because it's cliche as it sounds. If you have that dream, that means you have the capability of dreaming it. If you could even think it up, that means it's there. It's within your grasp. You may have to you know, like it's like cooking. You may have to start from scratch, get all the ingredients together, then start to make it versus it handed it to you. Like, here you go. It's all cooked and ready to go. You may have to build it, but it's so possible. It is so possible.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I did start as like the side hustle thing. And I think one of the negative things, cause I agree with you, you kind of sit stagnant with, with the side thing, cause you can only put so much time to it. So you end up missing opportunities that you may have, you know, may have succeeded or may have benefited you in a certain way, just because you're trying to balance everything. Whereas if you're hundred percent in on something, you're, you're not multitasking. You're not trying to do a hundred things at once. You're not overwhelmed, stressed, burnt out, all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. One thing, uh, that you mentioned a, a little bit ago was a uh, community and, and how important that is to yourself. And, Something that I've noticed recently is how important community can be, especially when you're working, you know, for yourself and you don't have, you know, people you're always talking to. How do you build community around yourself and and what does that look like?
1: Putting yourself out there, you know, I'm going back into time and I'm thinking, you know, when I started my private practice as a therapist, you know, that gets lonely, but being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, I don't think it's very different in that respect, you know, because Therapists who start their own private practice are entrepreneurs too. It's just different. It looks different. People They don't normally think of that, but they're entrepreneurs. When I started this, what I learned was join masterminds. It wasn't necessarily for what you were paying for. It was for the networking. It was mm-hmm. for the people that you can get connected to. If you can't afford the mastermind, like I'm going to be straight up. I had low budget in the very beginning. I couldn't afford a, like all these masterminds. I did one mastermind and the connections i still have today it was 4 years ago i still have them today and they're all over the world and you know you'll never know who you meet and you never know where they're going to end up on their journey so it's about networking so if you can connect not that you need to be like buddy buddy with everybody but just get in front of people and just be yourself and because as an entrepreneur you're your own brand right your smile is your brand right as cliche as that sounds right so Just get out there and network as best as you can. Go to free events, go meet people because literally you will never know who's going to be able to help you further along your journey or you can help somebody else further along in their journey and you never know how long you'll know each other for. The possibilities are endless.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Networking has certainly helped me a lot. And even as far as just like finding inspiration through people who are doing things that are, you know, aspirational or things that are, you find really cool and interesting, like it, it helps in that regard too, instead of just kind of being stuck in your head the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I definitely support that. So what do you do to keep learning? Do you, uh, are you a reader? Do you listen to podcasts, support groups? I know you mentioned, uh, masterminds, but anything else?
1: Well, because of, I still have my license and I, Always want to keep up on current events because what I'm teaching is about mental health, right? And so for me, it's always doing my CEUs, my continuing education credits that I have to do just to maintain my license. I have that to do every year. But um, I'm going to be honest. A lot of it is more within. It's my spiritual journey for me at the moment. Mm. And when I say spiritual journey, spirituality is all about the art of connection right it's not what people always think it is it's just how do you become the best you so you can connect where do you connect how do you connect with you how do you connect with mother nature how do you connect with others right and so for me right now that's part of where I'm at on this journey now if you asked me 2 years ago i was taking every freaking course i could think of to try to learn more about the nervous system to learn more about trauma and you know because even though i've been in the field for 15 years as a therapist it's always evolving you can always learn. And to be honest, I can't read the way I used to read ever since my grad program. Cause in grad school, I read everything like recommended, suggested, like what I needed to read. And then after that, I got burnt out from reading and I, <laughs> I'm not too good with reading. I can listen to podcasts. I can listen to people talk, but reading is not my jam anymore. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a little bit of the opposite where I, I never used to like reading and now kind of like love reading and try to read everything I can. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little bit of both, I guess. <laughs> um, so you, yeah, you, you mentioned spirituality. Can I ask you a little bit about that? Absolutely. Recently, it's been something that like I've g- gotten really into as well. And there was one book that kind of like changed my mindset called The Celestine Prophecy about like what spirituality is. Because I think I've always like never really understood it. And I think a lot of people don't really understand like what it is or what it can be and that sort of thing. So can you talk a little bit about like what it is for you and how, how you got involved in it and how you keep uh, nurturing your your spiritual journey?
1: So it started when back after that Mack dump truck and everything was falling apart, somebody said are you breathing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm breathing. I'm alive. What do you mean? Am I breathing? I'm like, no, are you really breathing? Right. And so I started to notice my breath. Right. And then when I was doing that, I was talking with my mom about that one day and we were out to breakfast and she said, well, I got invited to go to this meditation class. Do you want to come with me? Now, if you understood my family, that is like, I've almost fell off the chair because like my mom's not someone to meditate. We I'm a blue collar family girl. Like we don't believe in that kind of thing. And I was like, what? And she was like, come meditate with me. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. I went, the environment that I was in was so warm and inviting. And I felt at ease there. I can't say calm, but I felt at ease. And then sitting there, was horrible. I couldn't sit still for an hour. (laughs) It was like (laughs) swirl moments every which way. However, Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to feel that feeling again of being in that environment. So I started to go back. They had drop-in meditation classes for $5. And I was like, I can afford that. Why not? Let's do this. And through that healing center, they offered some other stuff, right? And I learned a little bit, I I dabbled in spirituality, like really the deep woo-woo side, like I tapped in my intuition and see if I could really trust my intuition. And that's what started it. Where I am today is more now like I do yoga and I'll spend time outside, you know, no electronics and meditation and just connecting, right? And going slower. So it's every way that I can connect to the, I'm going to call it the pace of life because the way society lives is not the pace of life. We were taught to think that, but that's not what really pace of life is. So I, I am a lot more, I don't take it for granted. I think that's the best way to say. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but that's where I'm at today.
0: Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for that. One last question. I I want to give you a chance to, um, say, what are the things that you're working on next and and how, if you know, if people resonated with this, how can they support you and what you do?
1: So today I am an integrated mental health expert, a keynote speaker, and a social media creator. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all at Erica Cooney. And not to mention, I have a couple of big keynotes coming up. The one that I'm really, there's two that I'm really stoked about. One of them is in October, And that is the Integrated Mental Health Summit. I'm a keynote speaker about thriving after trauma and PTSD. And then in January, I'll be a keynote speaker again at Serious Business Conference. It's their 25th anniversary. And Brene Brown, Mel Robbins, I mean, some really big names have been on that stage prior. So I'm really stoked that I was invited this year to be there. And I'll be talking again all about the different ways that you can naturally improve your mental health and thrive consciously.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Those are some, sound like some great opportunities and we'll uh, include the links and, and everything in the show notes uh, so people can check that out.
1: One other thing I forgot to mention was, um, <laughs> I have on my website, ericacuni.com. There's also this thrive consciously group course coming up, or you can do individual coaching with me as well. So these are all different ways. If anything has resonated, come on, join the community.
0: Great. Great. Thanks. So yeah, so thank thank you for being on the podcast today and thank you for uh, sharing all your experiences with us. And uh, I wish you the best in the future.
1: Thank you, Gino. I'm glad to be here.